podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the match build up with the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav, and with me I have Jamie and Grizz tonight as we look forward to Liverpool's trip to St James's Park tomorrow night against Newcastle United. Liverpool remain top of the table, and Manchester United have got a late winner tonight through Marcus Rashford to go second in the league. Man City decided they didn't want to play football this week, everything got very upset. And listen, um, everyone still thinks Spurs are the threat, but listen, that's how it goes. Um, lads, you're both very welcome, and Jamie, I'm going to come to you first. It's a strange festive season, and there's, there's teams taking points off each other all over the place. It's no one can gather momentum, but we're facing into two games now against Newcastle away and Southampton away, and we kind of I think Jamie, we need to start putting the foot down a bit here. Yeah, especially off the back of Man United finding a way to win again there. I think, um, I mean, we've spoke at length about who we think are going to be the main challenges and, and I, I didn't see it as Manchester United. I still don't. I think Manchester City will be, but they just keep managing to find a, a way. They're not going away. And I think Liverpool now with the two games they've got coming up, it'd be a good time to make a statement. I, I felt like we were on the right path after the Crystal Palace game. I don't think... You know, I think people were worried about West Brom, you know, in, in the fact that they were going to try and park the bus. But a lot of people felt we would have had enough. It's it's just a little bit of a speed bump that we could have done without with, uh, you know, with the likes of United not going away. Um, two games where I, I think the Newcastle game, you've got to be saying we'd be massive favourites going there. Southampton is a, is a difficult game. Uh, I've been really impressed with their manager, the way that he's got them set up. Um, but if we can go back to back with these two, uh, two tricky away guys, it'd be a massive step. Statements given what Man United are doing behind us. Yeah, Grizz, you know, when you look at these two two fixtures, you know, Newcastle away, I always look at Newcastle away and go, oh, what Newcastle will show up and what Liverpool will show because you've, you've, seen, you've seen some mad games, especially St. James's Park over the years where Liverpool will go there as favourites and lose, go there out of form and, and, and hammer them. Um, but, but when you see these two and then the FA Cup where you, you could see the kids, how crucial is it to get six points out of these next two? And not set a marker, but just, just keep that momentum going and, and let others pick each other off as we, as we move through this season. It's massive. Honestly, I, I, you know, I joke around and say we win the next three, we've won the league. But God, I'm telling you, this after the back, 
On the back of the West Bromwich, these next two games, um, for me personally, they're massive, Gav. There's there's no getting away from it. There's no um, going there and see if we get a draw and saying, look, we didn't get we didn't get beat. Um, especially with the with this with the sort of state of our squad with Matip out as well now. I think there's huge pressure on us to, to to actually get three points. It's it's reminding me of the of the of the title race with City um, when we went toe to toe with them, where every week was a must win. You know, there was no other. It feels like the season starting now, Grizz, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's mental. It's 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 almost every game is like a must win because of the nature of the league and because of the nature of the teams beating each other, dropping points, us not capitalizing. I mean, we were. We were so, so we were so adamant that we're going to capitalize on on last weekend's results for the top six around us, um, you know. And apart from Man, uh, apart from Man United winning today, again the the results so far have gone for us. Man United win again. We've got to go there and win. With with regards to your your thing about Newcastle and you know tricky fixture away, it, it we've got to a level where it doesn't matter about the opposition. With with that good, that it all depends on us how we perform. Like the way everyone's talking about fucking Sam's uh, big Sam's masterclass. No, we were shite, yeah. and there was no masterclass from them. We were. I don't care what anyone says. We were shite. Um, we up our game. We win tomorrow, um, but it won't be easy. They've they've rested a few players. Um, they rested a few players from uh, for our game as teams do when they're playing at us. But that's part and parcel of being the best team in the world. Everyone's going to be ready for you. Everyone's going to be warred up for you. So it is what it is. Let's see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Jamie. You said something there during the middle of the, uh, when Grizz was talking. You said it feels like the season is starting now. And is it a case of that because we're fifteen games in, we're sixteen game tomorrow, and when you look at it, six, game sixteen is Newcastle, game seventeen is Southampton, and then game eighteen I think is Manchester United. If I'm not wrong. Um, mm. I could be wrong, but yeah, I might be wrong, but there might be a game before Manchester United. But is it a case of the season starts now? Because usually when you kick into January, you start seeing teams getting injuries, you start seeing teams massively fluctuating in form and, you know, one or two go for the title, one or two hang off and, and they're top four. A couple might make a charge for European football. Is it a case of, I know you said it was as an off-the-cuff thing, but is it a case of that happening now? I think you're starting to see the table take shape. Um, I think you're starting to suss out who the real uh, the real challenges are. Um, I, I absolutely include City in that, even though they're not kind of in the shake-up at the moment. I think once they have the games in hand, they will be. Um, but I, th- I think you're starting to see now the teams that are able to grind out results. And that's, that's a big tell for me, is when teams don't play great, they still get results. Manchester United have got a knack of doing that. Um, you know, it's not all about sort of being flat-track bullies and, and, and sort of beat the, the lower teams, it's it's finding a way to win a football match when you're you're not at your best. And Liverpool mastered that last season. Let's let's be honest. And I think you know a lot, a lot is kind of made now of, of of Liverpool and maybe some of the points we've dropped against the likes of uh, a Brighton, a Fulham, a West Brom. I think you start look. I still think Liverpool are comfortably the best side in the league. I think with the players that were missing, I think you will see the gap shorten. Um, and in the games that we probably drop points, you're probably seeing that where we're missing Van Dijk, for example. If he plays in those games, the type of goals that we concede, we just don't concede. Uh, we don't concede them. So, um, I, to, to go back to your question, I think if I'm being honest, yeah, 
I, I think you're starting now to see the teams that are going to pull away from the pack that are really going to try and stick with us. Um, that said, I, I still think Liverpool have, have got too much for the chasing pack, but we, we could do with going back to back, as I said, with these next two fixtures. Absolutely, going back to back, I think is, is a massive thing. Not even just, not even because you might find Liverpool fans panicking, going, "Oh, United are second, the two points behind us." You know, I think Everton have a game in hand and can go ahead of United, can't they now? Um, if 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 that, if that works out, uh, if they were to beat City, I think they would have been second. But you know, for me, it is a case of it's it is starting to take shape, and and it is important to go back to back. But it's not even I, I'm looking at the teams around us, and I'm thinking they haven't had the injuries that we had. There's no way they might have had the numbers wise, but not not the not as big as us. You know, not for, not Van Dijk, Gomez levels. You know, Thiago comes on second or third game, bang, he's gone for a couple of months. They haven't had that. You know, you most certainly haven't. Um, City have a little bit. Um, Spurs haven't. Um, Chelsea haven't. You know, so I think. Instead of, I'd like to see us win these two, not to get dragged in, not to get dragged to their level, to kind of push on and see players come back. And I think, I think you're right, Jamie. If everyone gets back, not not Van Dijk and Gomez, but if we can get Thiago back and we can get players like even the Simicast back, a Jota back, and it just bolsters that squad a little bit. I think you're right. I think we have too much for for the vast majority. Delwyn Jones with a super chat. He asked this uh, first one to you, Grizz. Second to you, Jamie. Grizz, will uh, me and you be doing a transfer show? I think we may well be now. Mm. Hint, hint. I think I, read I think, into that what you will. I think we. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you. I think we have a pencil in for next Tuesday, do we? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, fuck it, we do it next think. Tuesday. And the question for Jamie: Jamie, who would you get as a new centre back in, and why? Ooh, uh, good question. Um, firstly, I do think we have to go into the market. Um, mm. I mean, if, if we just like, let's just think of it logically. I. You you know me, lads. I, I'm I'm not one of those that's kind of like panic jump into the markets. Um, I thought we had solutions in the squad, but uh, the the thing we said a couple of weeks ago was we couldn't rely on Matip, um, and that's just become more more evidence. And it looks like it's probably an adductor injury. I've had one myself. They're an absolute nightmare to shake off. So I'd expect him to be gone for a few months. Um, so first things first, I think we have to to bring in a centre back. Um, who would have bring in? See, Liverpool. Are not, I don't think, and maybe Grizz can correct me on this, are going to spend a huge amount of money on a centre-back um, at this moment in time. I would expect to see somebody come in, maybe a hot young prospect, uh, somebody that you, you're going to retain resale value. Liverpool are, are not in the business of stockpiling players. So I think that anyone that they do bring in, I think will um, will have to have a, a long-term future at the club and, and be able to jostle for that kind of second and third place. And um, who would I get? is probably a different answer to who I think we might get. Um, I like your man. Uh, what's your man called from Ajax? Uh, Shores. Yeah, he, if, if I was to pick anybody, given the profile of the player, I think we can get him, am I right, Grizz, for around 20, 25 million? Yeah, um, yeah. Given his age and his potential, that would be someone that I'd be looking at. Yeah, the, the lads were discussing this the other night. Um, last night, I think they might have been discussing the, the centre-back stuff. And, and Grizz obviously touched on, on a couple on Sunday night. Paul Terres, um says Stephen O'Connor looks solid. I'm with you, Jamie. Um, and I think Grizz is along the same lines. I think Shores, everything about him looks like a Liverpool signing. And it's not only for what's happened Van Dijk and what's happened Gomez. I'm trying to look at the situation when they get back. And when they get back for me... I don't want to see Fabinho as a centre-back. I think he's brilliant at it, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to see him as an emergency centre-back. I want to see him as 
not your fourth choice, your fifth choice. I'm, I'm okay with fifth yeah. choice. And if you want to play him there at the odd time in certain games, I'm absolutely fine with that. But I want, don't want him dedicated as a fourth centre-half. W- what I'd like to see is Gomez van Dijk, Lovren's obviously gone, Matip's out. So our four centre-halves that finished last season are no longer playing at this club at the moment. I would like to see them do something like Shores. I'd like to see them bring their plans, and I've said it a few times, bring the bring the plan for the summer forward. And if you have to pay a levy on that, pay the levy. Because I think the pros of doing that far outweighs the cons and, and taking a risk and going, what can we do at the end of the season? Because no no disrespect to Nat Phillips or Reese Williams or any midfielder that has to go in there beside Fabinho. It's not it's not the solution. Not not at this club, are what you're looking to do for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Reese Williams could turn out to be a really, really good centre-half, but I think it's too early in his career to pin him to 18, 19 league games where you say, listen, you have to play every week now, more or less. I don't do you know what worried fair. me the other day on, on Williams, Gav, while, you, while you're on him? Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably hadn't been dragged into that type of situation often in the games that he played. I think he's great on the ball. I think he's very composed. He's good in the air. But he got exposed playing against West Brom in a 1v1, and he, he ran like he was pulling a fridge. And that for a for a team like us, you know, with the high line that we play, yeah. that that's a worry uh, yeah. for me. And that kind of made me think, do you know what? I, I think what you might have seen as well, and people won't like this, but I, I do think you may see it with Thiago coming back into centre midfield uh in the next game or two, give and take where his fitness is at. I don't think Klopp would be against putting Henderson in at centre back alongside for being out now. That is if, if you say this out loud, Liverpool have basically one fit senior centre-back who's a centre-midfielder and our, our, our realistic or another realistic option is to put our other centre-midfielder and captain alongside him. That, that, is, that is not going to see us home and hosed uh, for, for the rest of the season. I think it could win us games and be strong and solid. But if there's a player to go and get, we have to have to change our approach and just go and get it done. That's what, that's what I look for. That's what I look to the summer and try think what Liverpool will do and can they make it happen in January? Like I think Shores could most definitely happen in January. Um did he make did he make Europa League? Does anybody yeah. remember? Yeah. He made Europa yeah. League. Yeah. Okay. Um but I still think if you if you turn around and, and I don't think he'd be he'd be he'd be tired, cup tired anyway, wouldn't he not? You can move now and still play in other competitions. So um I think he'd be absolutely fine. I think that, that he mightn't be the player, but I think if you have someone in, in mind, I think moving it forward six months benefit you A because you get him on the pitch right now and at the start of next season when you get Van Dijk and Gomez back he's six months down the road in his Liverpool career uh, Kevin Boland or Borland sorry with a super chat he says do you think we need two centre-backs Lovren Matip replacement and Fabinho back to number six I do personally um, I think Matip, 100% yeah I, I, like I don't know Grace I, I just think but not in January we, we, obviously we, we, but no no not, not in January I think that's too much to do but Chris yeah. we, sp- we speak about Naby Keita's availability every week and it's a big frustration and, and look at this look at you have to do the same at Matip now and it's probably a more crucial area of the pitch where numbers are way more important at centre back because you're limited there we have six seven midfielders for three positions we're going on four players for two positions you know I think Matip has, Grace, I think he has to be finished at the end of the season. I really do. So for me, it's two centre halves by the end of the next transfer window. Look, so the Matip question, I think we've all, I think we'll all unanimously say we've got to get rid at the end of the season. As class as he is when he's fit. <coughs> yeah. And this is the problem. I can't remember the stats at the top of my head, but. Um, I read some damning stats from even last season and the season before in terms of how many 90 minutes he's completed, lads. So our fitness people, our, our 
coaches knew of the situation. Now I was, I was very happy, not happy. I was okay with this, with not buying a center back. And I was very vocal about it. Loads of people were on our case. Do you remember Gav all summer? No, this is not on, but it made sense to me in terms of keeping Ginny, adding Tiago. So that's your midfield, absolutely full up, clogged. And then as Klopp alluded to, the plan was to put Fabinho back as your fourth choice. Fourth. He wasn't going to be first or second or third. Fourth choice. So then you rely on Gomez, Van Dijk. And then, you know, the injury plague, Matic. But you think, no, that's okay. But no one could foresee the way our centre-backs have been taken out. And, you know, are literally basically out for majority. Well, Gomez's case, definitely out the season. And Van Dijk, majority of the season. We've been given, uh, not we've been given, it's for everyone. We have a chance to to fix this either for the short term or, as Jamie thinks, for the long term, and you as well. Now, the problem with fixing it long term is the calibre of player that we want as Liverpool Football Club now. It's going to be near enough impossible to get in January. The calibre of player that we want, which is going to not only enable us to be uh, to, to sort of um, challenge for the league now and the Champions League, but also for coming seasons, right? So we're looking at someone who's going to be between 21 to 23, you know, have all the attributes, bedding in period, and then, you know, he's going to become our, our, our number one centre-back alongside Virgil van Dijk because we don't know what Gomez's state is going to be when he comes back as well. We've got to bear that in mind. That's going to be so difficult, lads. Honest to God, I've been racking my brain and thinking, how do we do this? How are Liverpool going to approach this? And I've been worried. You know, you guys know my situation in terms of what I think. I think Williams and Phillips have been absolutely commendable for us so far. And they've come in and they've done, they've been given specific jobs for specific games, for specific strikers, and they've done fantastic. But for me, if I had to rely and know that Reese Williams and Phillips are going to be our centre backs for the majority of the uh, of the remaining of the season, it wouldn't make it wouldn't fill me with confidence. So therefore, we need to do something. We all agree. How we go about that? And what type of centre back we do? Do we think long term or do we think short term? You know, maybe a loan or, or someone like a, a Claven, like we bought for a few million. I think I remember at the time. That's the dilemma Liverpool and I think have at the moment, and they must do something because just for the numbers' sake, lads, it's not even. Someone, you know, we'd be at this stage, we'd be happy with just another number in there, another center back. You know, as Jamie says, we haven't got a senior center back. Let's not count. We actually say that out loud, it's ridiculous. No, we haven't, Jamie. We haven't. It's like I know you said Fabinho, and Fabinho is probably the best center back in the league right now, but he's not a center back. We've got a lad who we tried to flog until the last day of the season in Phillips but we just couldn't agree the right deal. And we've got a young prospect who was at Kid Minister Harriers last season. And he's a prospect. Now, you know, we're Liverpool fans. We like to big up our players, but he's a prospect. So it's a difficult one in this window, how we approach it. I'm, I'm, I'm just as confused. I don't know how they're going to approach it. I feel sorry for the people that have to make this decision. It is a money. It, it may come down to money. As you said, I know Gav, you keep saying, bring the six months plan forward. But then the team that we're sort of, the teams that we're working with 
in terms of wanting their players, will they want to release their players? For example, the Leipzig lads, we 100% want Upamecano, but we're playing them next, uh, you know, next month. So that rules that one out. You know, I don't know. It's we, I'm panicking and I don't normally panic when it comes to sort of um, our recruitment. Okay. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. I think, like, I know what you're saying, do they want to release their players and stuff, but I think the COVID will take effect on that because, like, Ajax, for argument's sake, Ajax are playing behind closed doors, they're losing revenue, the TV deal in Holland wouldn't be anywhere close to what the Premier League gets, so they're actually using money, and I think, I think it will, I think you'll see a mega summer of, 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 um, of transfers, especially with the likes of, of English clubs, especially buying, because they will be able to pick off certain teams around Europe that just don't have the TV deals, you know, like, um, France, uh, Holland, um, not so much Germany, maybe Italy. I'm not too sure, but I think I think you're going to see something big in the summer. Philip Hunt with a super chat. He says must sign a centre back early in the window, or we won't win the league. In his opinion, United scare them. They have a strong squad depth, but hopefully someone does come in soon. And Michael Ramsey, uh, Michael, Michael, yeah, yeah, off, yeah, Matt. He said Liverpool won't and can't retain the title with rubbish like Jones for the same yeah, season. Yeah. For the season, uh, please tell me that clown there is only one universal boss and it's one Chris Gale. I don't know what that's about, Michael, but I do enjoy your messages um, every week, so keep them coming. Um, uh, but lay off Jones, will you? He's having a good season. Um, Jones put- definitely texted his missus there and he can't let it go. Let it go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, no, he's had a good season. He, he wasn't great at the weekend, but he's had a good season. Lads, this, this will rumble on um, with regards to centre-backs and maybe... You know, Naby Kate is going to be thrown out there. Do we need another forward if there's a Rigi going? So, listen, I think we have it scheduled in for next Tuesday, but we will let you know beforehand. We definitely are going to do a transfer agenda show. I We are going to tell you, though, that for the month of January, we probably won't do two a week because the January transfer window does be fairly quiet unless something mad goes on, which is very rare. So we're probably going to commit to one a week and... Um, and if something comes up like a sign, we will absolutely do a show on that night. I think that's okay. There is other people out there that will do stuff every day of the week, but I don't know how they do because nothing fucking happens and they're just rehashing stuff they've read already. You do know that we don't go by the tabloids here. We usually go by our gut feelings and things we hear from certain people and certain avenues and we go with that on our transfer show so we will commit to one a week and if something happens like you know like Jota did and Thiago and Jota one night after the other I think during the summer if that happens we will absolutely come and put some shows on because look I've nothing else to be doing that's um so we might as well um let's get on to this game uh Jamie we we go into this and we've, we've spoken about how important it is you know we had that eight day break and people thought that it refreshes and it did it did it not you could argue but this one is literally Wednesday, then Monday. So it's a nice little break in between. Do you expect him to go as absolutely strong as he possibly can and only tinker about where he absolutely needs to? Yeah, yeah. I, I think to, to go to your first point about the, the length of break, I, Klopp always talks about players need more of a break. I don't think it suits Liverpool. 
whenever we seem to have an extended break, we we don't seem quite at it in the game that follows. Um, I think there's something about this team when we're going back to back. Uh, you know, there's quick turnarounds between games. Um, they just build up ahead of steam and momentum. We've shown it, you know, uh, at length over the last two years. Um, I think looking at this game um, and and I suppose fresh off the back of West Brom. I think that Klopp is one of these managers where he likes to give the players the opportunity to go rectify. Uh, you know, he he spoke at length in the press about um, you know being they're being hurt, angry, upset at the at the performance. And Grizz was absolutely nailed on before um, when he said that this wasn't this wasn't a, a masterclass from Allardyce. I don't think it is anything but um, playing a, a six four formation. And clipping a couple of balls long and, and playing for set pieces—that's not a master. That's not a master plan. Any any manager can get a side to set up to do that. We were poor in possession in the second half. We were panicking. Uh, we didn't play the ball through the lines. We were, as you spoke about it in the pod um, during the week, so we won't go over it again. But we were um, naive with the football. And I think the players now have got that much of a body of work that they, they'll be able to, to analyse their own mistakes. They'll know what they did wrong and they'll be chomping at the bit to go correct it. Um, and, and I think that things as footballers, you know, when the good thing now is you don't have to wait a long uh, period of time before you can get back on the pitch and put things right. And this gives Liverpool a massive opportunity to put right the wrongs at the West Brom game. Chris, we seen we seen the the West Brom game and we not we were poor and we won't go over it again. Um, but the Newcastle aren't going to set up much different for me. You know, I done I done um, I done a show last night with with a, a Newcastle uh, YouTube channel and they this Matt who was on the show with me, um, he he's dreading this fixture, but I, I he said is there any hope for Newcastle? I said well. I don't know. Did he set up the same way as as West Brom? Did he make us go wide? Did he force us to cross? Did, what did he do? We need to be a bit more brave. It's a. Very, I think it's going to be very similar to the West Brom game. But is that what we need, Chris? Is, do we need a very similar game to go out and write that wrong on two levels? One, we get back on the bike and we start putting points on the board. And two, we kind of lay those demons to rest a little bit. Yeah, you you tend to think that you tend to think that they may. Um, try to target our weakness a bit more. Um, I, I think I don't think he'll be very similar to to West Bromwich because I know we've seen um, teams come with a low block and part of the bus, but I haven't. Me personally, in all the years I've been watching Liverpool or any team, I haven't seen anything like that first half formation that they employed. Um, it's Imagine being a player and playing for that and trying to do what he done. I mean, fair play to him in second half. He actually changed it around a bit. And I didn't think he was going to change it until the last 15, 20, if there was the limit. Steve Bruce, same school of thought, um, pretty much. Um, again, the lack of crowds is helping him because the crowds would murder him if he played like that every week at home, the way he does. Um but I think, and this is what gives me hope, even though I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling to think, you know, how are we going to cope uh, with no senior centre-backs sort of for the next five, six weeks? This game gives me hope with the fact that I think they're going to try to target us and try to sort of attack us in that area. And I think that could be their downfall and that could help us because we we love teams that think that can attack us 
we love teams that think that we've got weaknesses and try to target them. Um, so that gives me sort of hope that, you know, Mo won't have a game like that. Mo very rarely do our forwards have two dead games in a row as a collective. One always shines, um, you know, none shown in that game. I know Mane got the goal, but he was poor overall. Um, I, th- I think we freshen it up in midfield. I don't think he he picks the same team. I do think there's a minimum, minimum of two, most likely three changes um, uh, going into this game. And I think obviously one's the enforced one with Matip. And then I think we make a couple in midfield and possibly one up front as well. Um, I think, I think, you know, the fact that we, the fact that we're playing on when Monday, uh, um, which gives us three, four day rest. I don't think it, we take that into consideration personally. I really don't. I think he just changes it for the freshness. I don't know. Go on, Jamie. You was about to say something. No, I was, I was going to say, I think you'd, you'd, you'd bang on with the, with the midfield shouts. I think you might see Curtis Jones drop out. Um, yeah, I, I I think what happened against West Brom could be the best uh, best thing for Curtis Jones. Um, he's been superb for us. I, I I've waxed lyrical on on many a podcast to, about Curtis Jones, but he was he was he, the 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 worrying side of his game came out against West Brom. You know, there's two sides to the to the arrogance and the self belief, and he was a little bit laboured. Um, and and ultimately it was his error that that cost us the goal. Look, he's young. It, that will be a massive, massive learning curve. If I was Klopp, I'd potentially look to to take him out the spotlight. And the one thing off the back of the West Brom game, people in the comments seem to be saying, you know, that Newcastle should employ the same tactics. Why wouldn't they? Let Let's kind of reverse it and look back at last year year of football, Liverpool have played very, very poorly in games against these type of sides, but found a way from whether it's a set piece or we, you know, we've, we, we've stumbled over the line. I think there was a game against West Brom earlier on in the season, uh, West Brom, West Ham earlier on in the season, which followed a very similar pattern. And the difference maker in that game was Shakiri. Shakiri came on and Jota, who I thought was a massive uh, miss against West Brom because what we spoke about in the WhatsApp group, lads, the, the three forwards, and it's really easy to rectify, and this is why I'd like to see Klopp go very similar with, with, with the team again. The strikers in the second half were all coming towards the ball. Nobody ran in behind. We were not looking to stretch them. and We were doing all the things that you shouldn't do against a defensive block like West Brom had. Shakiri not coming on was a strange one for me, and really? that would probably be that would be the change that I'd look to make because against West Ham earlier on the season, it was his little clever reverse pass, if you remember, for Jota to to run through. Um, it, with Curtis Jones stepping out, I'd, I'd like to see Shakiri come in and be that link between the front three and, and the midfield, and and he loves look. Shakiri's not somebody that's going to track back and chase and, and and overly press. What he does, he picks up these very small, smart positions in between the lines and he'll hold his position. So Hendo and, and Wijnaldum and the fullbacks can feed it in. He can get a turn and we're away. The important thing for me is that the strikers look to run in beyond. If we play everything in front of Newcastle, we make it very, very easy for them because there's not much space. Whereas even if we just, I think Klopp said it in his, um, in his post-match, he said, Strikers or players have to make be prepared to make the same run ten times, even if they only get the ball once. We stop making those runs. We have to make the pitch big. So I'd be looking to bring in Shakiri in midfield. Yeah, with the Jones, with the Jones um, um, incident you talked about, and again, I completely agree. He's been a, he's been brilliant. He's been fantastic, and and there's no doubt about it because um, he will learn because you can see the improvement in his play, and that only comes with being a good learner, a quick learner. 
So where we saw Jones a season and a half ago, uh, compare him to now and look at the the development, especially intelligence-wise as well. But, you know, even before that, I thought, he was. He gave the ball away and held his hand up, and he was casual. I think I can't remember who gave him a good bollocking. Uh, one of the players, and I think this is where Klopp was a bit. I thought Klopp was a bit brain, a bit slow uh, the other day with his substitution. I completely agree that that Shakiri not coming on should have been made. That was the that was the one that we could all see, kind of thing. You know, Genie, even Genie, even bringing off Genie for Ox earlier. I mean, Genie was redundant. He didn't have to intercept I, any part. I'm more annoyed about the Origi one as well. If you bring on a big target, man, what's the first thing that right. you thought is play? West Brom like that all day. Why? I, I don't understand right. why. Right. Yeah, but, right. I, I, my, but my point today was... It was scrambled thinking by then. Exactly. My point was, I don't care who you were bringing on. We weren't changing what we were doing. Like, I get what you're saying, Minamino, Shakiri, you know, small you know, nippy, low centre of gravity can turn on the sixpence and then they have good vision. But we weren't playing that way. And Liverpool literally went into a football coma at the weekend where it was just, oh, it's we just put it over there and we keep putting it over there. And they just couldn't snap themselves out of it. They just couldn't. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing we're playing Newcastle. Newcastle may look to do the same thing because Liverpool will be absolutely determined that if Newcastle come out and do the tactics 80% what West Brom did, Liverpool are going to be absolutely determined to rip them asunder and just go, listen, that happened. It was an off day, but you try it again. And, you know, it's like, it's like saying to a kid, I let you go away with that one. Do it again and you'll know about it. You know the kind of way it's, and I think that I genuinely think that, think that's it. Apparently Lascelles is out for Newcastle. Um, Lascelles is out for a little while. They still, yeah, Lascelles is out. Saint Maximin is out. Um, the guy they got off, Bournemouth Fraser is out. People yeah. are asking about Shar. I'm not too sure if um, Shar is out. I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried about it. Um, the, the one that worries me, not worries me. It, wor- it only worries me because a 19 year old is going to be playing up against him. Unless Klopp shocks us all, and as as Jeremy says, not shocks us because I think there is a chance of that Henderson dropping back there, knowing that we're going to have again 75 percent of the ball. Yeah, so that's the thinking that comes into play when you when you play Henderson back there. Callum Wilson is your um, modern day Les Ferdinand um, in the in the mold, in the mold of a blast from the past. I like that one, mate. <laughs> but he's he's like that uh, Jay in terms of style. Um, you know, very back to the you know he can he can play with the um, with the, with the back to the goal. Very strong in in possession of the ball, brings others into play, but can run the channels. And as we saw with the, if 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 uh, Reece Williams plays, he's not the quickest. We're going to be targeted in that era. Almiron is, is, you know, his final ball's not brilliant, but he's very quick. He's very nippy. Um, that's where their strength, that's where I think, you know, it's slightly different from West Bromwich, where West Bromwich didn't look to do anything. Um, I think Newcastle will try to do things, and that's where sort of it will leave Salah, you know, far more space if they go and attack our right and double up on our right, because we know Salah uh, uh, sort of, as Gav calls it, cheats. And plays in that position where he doesn't really come back unless this has to has to. And then we know Trent's ability to pick out a pass, not necessarily a long pass, but even a 20-30 chip into space. And then you, you know, that 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 makes Salah come alive. Um, I just envisage I'm I'm just envisaging uh, certain moves that we could sort of pull off against them and, and how we would um, go about attacking them. I don't think they're going to play as deep, Gav. I know you're saying it's going to be very similar. I just can't see them playing as deep as West Brom. 
So we may not have to play the same way as we did in terms of going out wide. I, 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 still, I, still think, I still think I'd be very surprised if Liverpool have the ball anywhere in Newcastle's, anywhere on the pitch, um, probably from the halfway line. Anywhere inside their half, I can't see Newcastle being any, no less than, than the 18 yard box. I I can't see them coming anywhere any further out than that because yeah, yeah. If, they, if they do they get they get killed in behind. Jamie, is there is there an argument here that you could see a change in formation to a four two three one because people are mentioning there could he go with Carroll to to have a go with us? Carroll and Joe Linton be be very physical. Does he go with Callum Wilson? What are they going to do to try hurt us? But could it be a case where listen we really need to protect the centre back partnership now? So play two holding and look to get a Shakiri on the pitch ahead of that and say listen we're going to be solid. We may not go mental with our fullbacks, but we're going to put that extra body instead of just the front three. We're going to put that extra body in the middle of the park to try to be creative. Could that be something they look at for tomorrow? Yeah, potentially. If especially if, like you said, we we do look for somebody like a Shakiri who percent, you know, uh, running the opposite way isn't really his strong point. You know, with Henderson and Wijnaldum, they're so well drilled as a two um, that I'd have complete and utter faith in them being able to do the the doggy work, keep the ball, and just allow Shakiri literally to 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 try and occupy spaces in between the lines. I think I think the big one for me is. Um, is who he picks at centre back, and how can he protect whoever it is? So, if it is a um, a Williams, for example, um, making sure that Henderson is there to to be able to marshal and protect, um, and 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 basically. Um, not allow him to be exposed in the way that he was against West Brom. Uh, the, the other kind of worry, not to be, I don't want to be negative, but Trent hasn't looked quite at it. Um, and Grizz kind of said it there. I think Newcastle could look to expose us. Um, you know, quick ball, like you said, maybe they'll they'll be camped in their own half, but then they'll look to to go long like West Brom. And, and West Brom nearly caught us out twice, if you remember Allison's great save. Um, that kind of channel in between right centre-back and, and Trent. So, yeah, for me, um, I wouldn't be overly surprised to see uh, kind of Ginny and Henderson sitting deeper um, to try and shield and protect and then just giving the, the attacking players the impetus to say, look, it's up to you now to, to go and create. I think the biggest thing, the biggest learning from the West Brom game, we've got to move the ball quicker. It was so laboured. It was so slow. It was so ponderous. It was it was sideways, sideways, out wide, then hopeful clip into the box. We've got to be able to penetrate more. So whether that is a Shakiri who excels, I think, against these type of teams in short, sharp spaces, or an Oxlade-Chamberlain who, all right, it didn't quite come off for him the other day when he came on against West Brom, but he was direct. He was driving at teams. Um, he lacked a little bit of sharpness, but that will, will come back. It was more the fact that he was willing to drive, take risks, that if you want to break down teams that have two banks of four or a six and a four or whatever the hell you want to call it, you've got to take risks. Um, so if we can sh- give a system that would allow us to get some of those players on the pitch, I think it would help. Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. 
Mm. It's it's just one that came into my head there, and a lot of people there, you know, um, not too sure if Thiago will make the squad tomorrow. I don't know what's going on. There's reports that he, he will travel with the squad, but I don't know. Ox, of course, is, is another option as well, isn't he? he? He gets on as a substitute appearance against West Brom, and he might be the one that if they stick with a three, yeah, the I, field, think, they might, they I might, think it's going to be Ox. Yeah, they might they might put him in 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 with Henderson and and um Wijnaldum. but you know, when I look at Newcastle. And, and I was talking to Matt, uh, Gallagher Shouts is, Gallagher Shots is the name of the YouTube channel that I was on with Matt. And he's a lovely fella. Um, was a really good chat for 20, 25 minutes. But what he was saying to me was, is that, like he was talking about to me about the West Brom game. And he said, Gav, look, we aren't drilled like that. You know, Steve Bruce has asked about tactics and he kind of lets it go over his head. He doesn't really, he, he's nearly just comes out and says, nah, tactics aren't really my thing. You know, he, he's, he said that they've, they've chopped and changed a hell of a lot as the season's gone on. And he doesn't feel that it's because of the, the COVID situation or the, or the compressed season. He just feels that he doesn't know his best 11. He's gone to a 4-3-3. He's played 4-4-2. He's played three at the back. He's, he's played 4-5-1. He's done all sorts of stuff. And he doesn't seem, even when he's doing it, he doesn't seem to settle on the, on a very similar 11 week on week. So he feels Newcastle are, are very fragile at the moment, a little bit disorganized and aren't as well drilled as a West Brom. Or, or other sides that just look to come out and, and contain the bigger sides. He's very worried about this game. I did ask him what the, what the, what the threats would be. He, he said Almiron can be, can be quite lively, but there's a bit of a lack of end product. Joe Linton, you don't know what you're going to get. Carroll could come on and disappear after five minutes injured. Callum Wilson's being left on the bench a couple of times, but he doesn't know what's going on there. Callum Wilson, probably the main worry because he is strong. He is direct. He is fast and he's an eye for goal. But, but when you look at this Liverpool side, even with a centre back issue, you know, you're still looking at a side that you go out and go, listen, they're well able to be, to be, to be Newcastle United. It's probably just the way we go about our game, I think would be the biggest thing for us. Um, lads, we're going to try to pick a side between us. And after that, I want to have a little chat about the whole uh, COVID stuff that's obviously blown up in the last 24 hours or so. So, Grizz, I'll come to you first. You know, are we, the centre half team, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to make you pick a player here. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely Alison Robertson, Trent, Fabinho. What are you doing, Chris? Are you going with a Henderson dropping in? Are you going with a Nat Phillips? Are you going with Reese Williams? Are you going with something different? No, I, I'm not going to go with anything different. I just, you know, you try to you try to play the game out in your head, and you think how it's going to pan out, and sort of in terms of possession and who's going to have the upper hand and. What kind of threat, as you said, they're going to pose? Are they going to go with Callum Wilson, a far quicker player than opposed to a, a Joe Linton, who's more physical and may suit Phillips more? Uh, you know, if it's the quicker, saying that, Reese Williams didn't look very quick the other day. I was going to say, play Reese Williams if you're going to go for the quicker uh, forward in terms of Newcastle. I personally think I'd go Phillips. Um I just think this would be a game for a um, for a player like him in terms of see it, head it, clear it, do what you got to do with it, play it basics. Um, I also think, Gav, what you said earlier in terms of I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna play slightly different in midfield. I think we are gonna play with two in midfield um, as a pivot, um, and then Ox behind the whatever three we choose. Um, yeah, I, I'd, personally, I'd go with Phillips. It's a tough call. It's a bloody tough call. I'd, you know, Williams, um, just that passage of play, that last 10, 15 minutes, however long he was on for, um, it didn't inspire me with confidence. Uh, as I said, especially in a game where 
they may even go two up top with Joe Linton and, and Wilson. Um, I kind of hope they do, even though I'm sort of shitting it about our one centre-back, that will open up areas on the other pitch where we can definitely, definitely capitalise on. So, you know, but if you're asking me on the spot to choose one centre-back out of Henderson, Phillips and Williams, I think I'd go Phillips. Okay. Jamie, you going with Phillips at centre-back? Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, I actually think he's been faultless whenever he's played for, for Liverpool. Um, I think when you compare the two lads that are arguably vying for that place in him and Williams, I think Williams is better with the ball at his feet. Um, but I just think, given the opposition, um, I, w- I would be, I would definitely be going Phillips. Uh, strong in the air. Uh, get, get, keep it simple. Give the ball to the players that can play. Don't just do your job. He's no nonsense. Um, and, and I think for large parts, that w- that's what Liverpool need to do tomorrow at the back. Just take no chances. Uh, move the ball quickly. Get it up to, to the front lads and, and, and try and do some damage. So yeah, definitely go Phillips. I think it's an interesting one because when I look at this Newcastle side and I try to think of some some threats, you know, we get into midfield and stuff in a minute, sorry, excuse me, um, the threat I'm looking at is probably a link. I think, there's an argument he goes with Joe Linton or Carroll and he looks to bring Callum Wilson on in 60-65 and, you know, a bit a bit of pace about him when, when the Liverpool defence is tiring or whatever it might be. He'll start. He'll start Wilson, Gav. He'll I think. I, yeah, yeah. Wilson. I think. Yeah, 100%. but the argument. I think he rested him in their last game as well. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And, and yeah. I think. I think. I think he might go with Wilson. I think he go with Wilson up front on his own. But what I think he might find with Wilson is I think he try pull on to whoever's at right centre back, and I think he look to link with Almiron. I think they're the, they're the out balls for them because the both of them have pace. They are direct, and Almiron can keep the ball. He can go past the player. He can do it. You've seen him do it. It's probably his end product. That's the issue for him. So I think when you look at the centre back thing, you go. I know where you're coming from, Grizz. You say, you know, Phillips heads it, gets it away, does the, does the, the, the basics. The basics, yeah. The, 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 the basics. Yeah, the, the absolute, you know, page one of the defender's manual. Um, and then you look at Williams and you say, he's good in the air. He's, he's decent. He's, he's probably better on the ball, but obviously that he was exposed a little bit against West Brom for pace. What way did Liverpool play the game? Did we play that really high line? Because it exposes Phillips as well. He he wouldn't be the quickest in the world. So I think it's a toss up between them two. I would probably, I'd probably err on the side of of Williams to be honest with you. But I think you will see Trent in a much more reserved role tomorrow. Regardless, I think Trent will look to sit a little bit and literally protect the centre-half a little bit as well, and say, listen, we'll just shut off this side, because that's the threat, and then we'll take our chances everywhere else on the pitch. I'd probably go with Williams, um, because I think it is going to be, I, I think the centre-half that's in there tomorrow, his distribution will be more important than his, his you know, basic defending, as you as you put it. So I'd probably go with Williams on that. Well, it, it, look, because, look, I've just got, I've just from, uh, got the team up from Man City game, their last league game, mm-hmm. and... They played five at the back, so they played three centre backs and then quite fair, you know, um, quite defensive uh, wing backs this time round. Matt Ritchie is less attacking than a Jamal Lewis that you normally play, so we don't know if Jamal Lewis is going to come back in try to be more attacking. And then they went four in midfield and Joe Linton up top, up top mm-hmm. on his own. Now, if he takes out Joe Linton and just replaces him with Wilson, and still carries on playing the five at the back, then. You know, I think there's a case of Reese Williams. You know, it, it all depends how they up. Then I think we'll have far more of the ball if he sets up like that. You know, with just Callum Wilson up top. I've got an inkling, and I'm hope I'm so right. I've got an inkling he's going to play two up top tomorrow, Gav. 
I really think he's going to think in his head that we're vulnerable. So I, I would gonna, go Carroll and a runner. I would go Carroll and a, and a runner and just go. Just well, let me remind you. I'm sorry Carole to. And, and I'm sorry to bring this name up, lads, but I'm just going to remind you they've got a Dwight Gale. Ah, that's yeah. in around it. Yeah, the wanker's a cold <laughs> The wanker's about, and and he's been in and out of the team, but you know he, he, I hate I hate him so much. I hate his face. He's on a par with Adrian for me, even though Adrian plays for us. But in terms of hatred, um, so there's a couple of things that I think will sway Bruce's mind in terms of thinking we can get at these, mm. and that's yeah, but, where and but, that's where we will take advantage. My opinion. I I think so. I think if he goes two up front, I'd be fairly bold from Bruce. But also, even if you go two up front, it all depends how exposed you are because they're not going to do it on their own up there. You need to commit more bodies to two up front. Like one fella flicking it on to another fella and taking teams apart just doesn't happen nowadays. You need fellas backing up the play, wingers backing up play. And, and if they do that, you know, they are committing players and Liverpool will like them to commit players. I still think you'll go with the one. I think if they're still in the game at 10, 15 to go, you might see Carroll. Um, but it's, it's a strange, it's, it, I don't know what way Newcastle go. I thought I'm not too worried whatever way they go. I'm, I'm more looking to see what, how much of an opportunity they give us by what they do. You know, putting two up front, I think, plays into us. Playing one up front gives us less opportunity, you know, because they are just going to, it's just, you're, you're just telling yourself then, you know, they're going to stick one up there. He's going to be very deep anyway. And we're just going to play against a brick wall for most of the game. Um, that's it, one thing, right, though, Gav, just quickly, you know, yeah. Liverpool, if Liverpool, ten, Liverpool play 10% better than they did against West Brom, they win that game comfortably. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think a little bit is, is too much has been made of, of the performance in that. Look, it can sometimes happen. It, you see, you're seeing it a lot now. You know, Liverpool aren't just going to steamroll every, every team. Um, we're, we're richer off the experience of the game. They certainly wouldn't make the m- mistakes. I mean, when was the last time Liverpool dropped points back to back games? It, you know, Klopp, Klopp learns on his feet and so do these players. Um, you know, I, I think a little too much has been made. It seems in the comments like people are a little bit nervous about Newcastle. If Liverpool apply themselves in the way that, that we know they can, they win this game comfortably, um, irrespective of who we pick. I, I personally think Klopp, you know, if, if he was ever going to pick Phillips, and I know what I would personally go with Phillips, if he was ever going to pick Phillips, it would have been against West Brom. So I'm surprised that he didn't do it in that game, which I suggests... Was- me that you know he's he's probably gonna uh, he, he sees um Williams ahead of him in the pecking order um but he's just gonna need a little bit more protecting um and that double with with Henderson and Manaldum just in front of him should do the job. Mm. Jerry Cahill says is the town's first choice goalkeeper out. Yeah it looks like the perhaps the Bravkit is out as well but somebody does follow that up with saying that it's their second um choice goalkeeper is re- is doing really well at the moment. So um that kind of knocks that on the head. Into midfield and Grizz I'll come back to you. Um <laughs> I think, you know, um, Avi says there that he, he's read that Thiago, um, will travel to Newcastle with the lads. Um, so it looks like he could be in the squad, but I, I can't see him starting anyway, regardless. Midfield grids, Wijnaldum Henderson for you in a two. Do you go, do you go Ox and make it three man midfield or do you go Shakiri and make it a two man midfield and him ahead? What, what I think, with? I think, I think, and this is just, uh, total, total guess and opinion. I think Milner comes in. Oh, I think I think Milner comes in alongside Henderson. I really do. I think Genie's been absolutely fantastic, but you've got to give him 
some playing. You've got to give him time off somewhere. And now I know we play again on Monday. I think Monday will be a more... I think Monday will be a game where Southampton press us more in midfield. So we'll, we'll need, I think, you know, I think uh, Newcastle will try to bypass any midfield, whether it's, you know, when they defend um, or when they attack as well. I think midfield is going to be sort of, um, it's going to be a bit of space in midfield. So it could suit Milner because Milner's not the most active around the pitch. Now, it's not my choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see Milner in there. Um, but I think there's got to be a game where you drop Ginny, not drop, rotate, I beg your pardon. Um, I thought he could have been rotated again against West Brom. He wasn't. But I thought, I think Milner's been in full training for like two, three weeks now. It's one of those games where you need a response, rally the Rads, get motivation going. And I think there's no one better in the squad than Milner at that. And that's where I think um, Ox will have more of a free role, in my opinion, in terms of less defending to do and really play um further forward with a with a foundation of, of of Henderson and Milner behind him, the old two solid pros. Um that's just my opinion and a total random guess. I just just got a feeling he goes with Milner tomorrow, throws him in there. Jamie, where are you going with midfield? I I love James Milner. I've I've spoken at length about how much I think he's had an impact, him and Henderson on the on the club over the last few years. That said I wouldn't have him anywhere near centre midfield. Uh, every single every single time I see him in centre midfield, he, he it looks like he's running in treacle. It's just you know to play centre midfield at the man, and that's no slight on him. He's he's seventy five years old. You know to play to play centre midfield in this Liverpool team is is a horrible horrible job. Um, I would be looking to keep Ginny and Hendo together. Maybe look to bring Ginny off 60, 70 minutes if the game is hopefully home and hosed. Um, I think the big question is who do we play as that link player? alongside Henderson and Wijnaldum. And and to be honest, I think there's a case for Ox, Shakiri, and Minamino, to be brutally honest. Um, I, I think Minamino's looked bright when he's come in and, and, and played in that position for us. Um, I, if, I, if I'm a betting man, I would say Ox gets the nod um, mm. and you may see Shakiri coming on from 70 minutes, dependent on how the game is flowing um, and, and kind of as I said, just pick and cheat. When I used to play against players like that, I used to call them cheats. They don't look to get back. They'll play off your shoulder. They pick up horrible positions where you've always got to turn your head and try and follow them. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I can see the uh, Ox getting the nod. And I, but but then again, like I want to see Taki get more minutes. I think he I, I think he's a real player. Um, so I wouldn't be overly shocked to see him get the nod either. To be fair, yeah. I'm I, when I look at the midfield, I think I think it will. I go back to, to Trent being a bit more reserved. If he, if he is a bit more reserved, just to counteract anything Newcastle might do, because I think that's where they will target. So we look to shore that up. I think you need to look for creativity in midfield to to, to counteract that, because Trent is now he, he's been a bit off form. Let's be honest, but he is so crucial to what we do in in the creative side of the game, as, as well as Robertson. With, with Trent. Probably being a bit more reserved. That's where I think it will go. It could be completely. He could be. Listen, he could be playing on the edge of Newcastle's box tomorrow for eighty-five minutes. But I think in midfield, I, I don't know where. I don't. I don't see how Shakiri comes into this side off the bat um, after being out so long. That's that's my only thing about it. Jones, yeah, he may need to step out, and 
I think I think he will go with Henderson. I think we'll go with Adam. I think Oxlade Chamberlain gets the gets the nod simply because he's come on uh, and he looks like he's he's ready to play. He's ready to play. Like security uh, hasn't been seen, so is he ready to play? We don't know. Jones on off the bench is a good option. I think he'll go with them three. Um, I think the other change we'll we'll see. We'll I think we will see a change up top. But I would be quite happy to go with those three. I think Oxley Chamberlain can work hard. He knows that system in the tree. No problem to him. Um, it, it keeps us solid. But it gives us that extra bit of going forward as well because he does like a, sh- a shot from distance as well. So I, I think Oxley get the get the nod in midfield yeah. in a tree. I think some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside, and some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup: CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. I think I think Ox is. I think between us, we've all um, got in our head that Ox is a definite, and I think there's Hendo. We know is a definite. I think I know you guys think he'll we'll go with Ginny again. I just think it may not even be Milner. It may be a total different formation. For I mean, it could be Hendo and Ox, and then bring in someone like a. Um, um, a shack, you know, to change the formation to go three behind the one. I don't know. I think we definitely change it up in midfield. I don't think we go with the same legs, and I don't think there's only one change. I think there's two changes. That's that's yeah. what I, mean. I, I, I can't I can't seem to put a formation in my head, but I just think for this, I just think for the freshness of mind. No, it doesn't always have to be physical freshness. It's of the mind as always. It's, it's been a slog for for Ginny, bless him. And you know he's got he's got done and done it, but I don't know. The, the biggest worry for me, lads, is the is the front three, rather than the midfield. I think we've got enough to find solutions in midfield. Um, you know we've we've got linked players that that, that can that can improve um, off the back of the West Brom game. The front three just haven't looked at it. I know Sadio scored a great goal, but Manny Manny looks miles off the money that, that we know. So if if you to look at that front three, I thought Bobby was the best of a bad bunch against West Brom. Uh, I thought he was bright in the first half. Um, I think they were all poor in the second half. As I said before, they were all running towards the ball as opposed to looking to get him behind. Um, but I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if you may be seeing maybe a Mane drop out and Tacky get some minutes um, mm. one way or another because to be fair, he was he was superb against Palace um, when he when he came in. Um, strange that he then didn't get minutes against West Brom and that he that he chose that Klopp chose to bring on Origi. I thought that was a strange one. Um, so again, I wouldn't I know I'm probably sitting on the fence. Um, I wouldn't be overly surprised to see one of the front three drop out. And if it was to pick somebody, it would probably be Mane. Um, but then at the same time, you know, the best way to play yourself into form is to, to is to get them back yeah. out there and get them get minutes in the legs and get them firing ahead of themselves. I know last season, you know, we had won the league, but it was um, I think we were still going for the for the record at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong, lads. When we played Newcastle away last season, and he did change it up a bit in terms of he he played a quite. Um, Attacking lineup, but it wasn't with our usual suspects. It was the last Can't... game of last season. Was it the last game of last season? Yeah, so we were still going for the points record, weren't we? Um, no, we won that day. We couldn't. We got. We could only get ninety nine. Oh, we could only get ninety nine. But I remember him picking a different uh, attack to normal, and it working. You know, we still won there. Uh, I can't remember yeah, the exact. Dwight Gale know... scores after about ten seconds for Newcastle, the and then um, 
does Minamino score? Mr. Oh. A said Origi played and Cur- yeah, scored a curler. Yeah, Origi and Minamino scored. I think, I think, does Mane come on and score? I'm trying to remember. It was the last day of the season. I was probably Salah pissed. comes on. Yeah, Salah, um, Salah and Mane come on. Yeah, I, but I just think, I just think... And yeah, he was pissed, I remember. Yeah, well, yeah you usually <laughs> am. Um, but I, I think with the... I think... I know what we're saying with, with the with the, the gap to Southampton and you know one game at a time, but I think what he does with the front three tomorrow will be a situational thing. Like where what's what are we looking to do here today, and what can we do, and can we keep it fresh, like Chris said earlier. But I think it is a plan for Southampton because I think he want that front three absolutely on it against Southampton because Southampton to me are Liverpool from 2015, where they will it's walk and job. walk and walk and walk and walk, and they will press and press and press and press and press. And if they win some great, if they lose some great, that's the that's the journey they're on, and it's a very like. Liverpool when when Klopp turns up for me and I think Klopp will want them absolutely sharp as attack away it will be a tough game but it's a game where you'll definitely get opportunities because West Southampton seem to me to have the attitude of we're probably not the best around we aren't but we will absolutely go and try play football against you try press try play you know attractive um, forward thinking football and Liverpool's front three just thrive on that when teams go up against us. So I think that, I think it might be a case of, you know, looking to win this game, but looking to have them absolutely fresh. Grids, pick me a front three. Um, before you do, sorry, Stephen Max says there's 130 likes and 450 people watching. I'm going to have to start putting someone in charge of what likes because when I done that, people would constantly report back to us and just shame people into hitting the like button, which was great crack. <laughs> and we don't care. We will shame you into it. So um, if anyone wants to be in charge of the likes, just give me, just tell me now and I'll put you in charge for tonight for the rest of the show for the last 10 minutes or whatever we have. But Grizz, I think I said to you, go on, pick me a front three. Oh God. Um... So I kind of agree with Jamie in terms of if if one drops out, I think it's Sadio. Um I know he scored and I know he's such a such a player for the occasion to sort of, you know, if we're sort of struggling. Um I again I think we make a change up front as well. Um just to keep it fresh. I think he I think he's gonna I think he's I don't know, Gav. Uh, to be brutally honest, it's such a hard one, isn't it? Shakiri, if Shakiri comes in, he doesn't usually play off the left there. He doesn't like playing off the left there. Uh, Minamino would be the best shout. Minamino would be my guess, uh, especially given the way he played against Palace as well. Uh, so Minamino, Bobby, and Mo, and then Ox just behind them, or Shaq. I know I'm sitting on the fence, but Jay done it, so I can do it as well. <laughs> so. Uh, Shack or an ox just behind them. Okay. Nagib Mohammed says he wants to be in charge of the like. So Nagib, you're in charge. So between now and the end of the show, you have to just annoy people to hit the like button. Um Master of Disaster says shameful. Um likes for how many is watching. Come on, lads, smash the like button. You degenerates. I don't know if that gets to like people like, but I like your style. Um I really do. Um Jamie, pick me a front tree. Um head and horse. I'd actually, if it was me, I'd actually drop Salah. Um, I'd actually drop Salah for for, for Minamino. Um, uh, but I don't think that will happen. I think if anyone uh, drops out, it'll be Mane and Minamino will play from the left. I, I just thought that Salah was 
very, very poor um, against West Brom. And I actually th- thought when he wasn't in the side, look, don't get me wrong, he comes on and was absolutely brilliant and scored <laughs> worldly goals. But the front three functioned very well against Palace. Um, so if, if I was picking it, that's what, what I'd go with. Uh, Minamino coming in for Salah. What do I think Klopp will go with? I think he'll uh, potentially drop Mane, give him, give him a rest and play Minamino from the left. Yeah, I'm I'm just um Stephen Max has unliked his pod and reporting <laughs> Stephen Mack. <laughs> You're a little bollocks. Um of course Stephen Mack watches every night. I don't know why he's actually to unlike the pod and report it. He's just messing. Um but I can tell you that people do unlike it. As soon as it goes live, sometimes beforehand, we know who they are, but we let them we let them go around it anyway. Um Jamie on the money with his views, reckon Tacky comes in tomorrow myself. Have a great new year, guys. We win three 0 tomorrow, says Avi. Oh, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Yeah. I'll tell Jamie's you, favourite person now after saying that. Um, not it. even the bit about Jamie being right. Just no, a bit no, I don't care about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely that bit. Um, Top kid. I, do you know what? Minamino comes in against Palace and I think the big thing that helps him is that he's there with Firmino and Mane. I don't know if it works as well with Firmino and Salah because Mane is very unselfish in what he does. If you look at the first goal, you know, he gets in the box, he turns, he lays it off. It's always tacky. No, 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 you're not. No, you listen, no, listen to me. Mane gets into the box with a Palace goal, turns, squares it to Minamino, takes a good touch and scores. Salah's not squaring that to you, but he's taking that and he's coming inside his left foot and he's trying to bury you. Minamino is all about bouncing balls off people, looking to interact, looking to, you know, get involved in one-twos and stuff like that. Salah's not about that. Salah's about, if it's anywhere within 25 yards of goal and he has a chance, he's absolutely going for goal. I don't know if it works. I do agree, though. I think Minamino probably starts tomorrow because he plays well against Palace and doesn't get minutes against West Brom. And it was a bit bemusing to people, but I think Klopp is genuinely nursing this fella into a Liverpool career. I think beyond all the problems that he's trying to do right by Minamino, that's my resounding opinion on it what just watching the game time he gets and when he gets it and who would who starting to be with so I think Minamino does start I think Mane starts on the bench and I've no issue with that Mane has probably been on the pitch the most of our front three all season Salah wasn't good against West Brom but I think this is a game that suits him um, Firmino is starting to come into a bit of form and, it, and, and to be honest if you have got Oxlade-Chamberlain midfield Minamino they are creative players that are going to look and if you get a chance to Salah you'll score Firmino will look to it, it could probably all be something tomorrow that you get three or four players on this pitch that are just going to try to get most Salah chances because that's what the sort of players they are and that's how hungry he is but if you look at a bench then of Curtis Jones Shakiri, possibly Thiago Mane and that'll push Origi if you need to go for that ball into the box near the end I think that's a very decent bench and I think it's a very decent lineup. sorry Chris I interrupted you no, no. We, we, we were allowed to on this pod. Yeah. We don't take it. What I was going to say and uh, was about the, the 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 former, you know, you mentioned Bobby and sort of, it's weird because our front three, even against Palace, okay, no, uh, barring apart from Palace, because Salah came on and bloody scored, none of our front three have clicked at the same time. And it's, and it, um, during this season, it's always been one or two of them pulling us out of the fire. Now, Bobby's actually playing the best out of the three, in my opinion. But I think it's the it's the game that least suits Bobby in my head. Like, I would love, I mean, this is obviously, you know, we crying over spilt milk, but if we had Jota, this is the game for Jota. I could see him 
tearing Newcastle to shreds. But, you know, unfortunately, we haven't got him. But that's why I think, you know, ideally, in my, like, you know how Jamie said he'd like to drop Salah if it was him? I'd drop Bobby, but it's so hard to drop Bobby right now in the form he's in. We fucking got him to playing a little bit of, into playing himself into form. We dare not drop him now. That's the situation. Otherwise, I'd love a front three of Salah through the middle, Mane and Minamino in this mm. game. I think, know, it does suit, I, I think it absolutely suits for me. You know, I think me and mm. you watched me and you oh, watched Liverpool and Newcastle at home last season, and we were awful until Firmino comes on the pitch and he puts in a performance that was just mouthwatering. To be honest with you, I think it suits Firmino when you have the likes of Oxlade Chamberlain and Minamino because he will look to drag players out of position and just one touch bang, one touch knocking into fellas' paths. Firmino loves all that. You see him do it loads of times when he when he comes out towards the left and does it with Mane, Robertson. He loves all that. And I don't... Firmino, for me, I think is probably key tomorrow. Maybe not on the ball, but just the way he moves and he drags and he opens up little spaces. And Minamino won't be afraid to get in there. Salah definitely won't be. And Oxlade Chamberlain loves getting into a little gap as well. So I, I think it could absolutely work. Um, lads, I want to get score predictions and scorers because we don't fuck around here. And also, I want to have a little chat about the COVID stuff that's blown up. So, Grizz, I'm going to make you give me a, a, a definite match prediction for tomorrow. I don't want you to reassess when you see the line. Oh, I don't want you to reassess <laughs> after breakfast. I don't want you to reassess at any stage. I want a match prediction for tomorrow with goal scorers, please. And then I'm going to log that prediction. Thank you. For now. Yeah. Because I don't care what you said. You have to have given us a, a score when you've assessed the team, when you've seen the team. I haven't mm. seen the team yet. So at the moment, I'm going 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. Who uh, scores? Goal scorers, Ox and Bobby, because I've slated him. No, I haven't yeah. slated him, but I said I would have dropped him. Okay, Captain Salah's 3 in Liverpool. Chris Brack has 3-1 with Salah, Trent and Mane. Jono has 4-1 to Liverpool. Uh, 3-1, uh, Mr. A, Salah, Mane and Ox. Olivier has 5-1, Salah, Hendo, Ox. Good man, Olivier. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Jamie Holmes, Bona. Um, Taj, Taj Cunningham, 4-0, Newcastle are rubbish. David Snutch, now here's some, here's some, here's what you want to do. David Snutch says, Gav, I used to watch LFC Day Trippers on my smart TV and didn't know how to send likes, but now I watch it on my TV and have my phone on at the same time so we can always hit the like button. You'll never walk forever. See, that's it. You know what I mean? We have people delivering babies in bathrooms around Christmas and we have people watching on tellies and phones to hit like buttons. You can't say fairer than that. Nadir says 5-0 to Liverpool. Avo says 4 plus for the Reds, 0 for the tune. Uh, Andrew Scanlon, 3-0, Trent Salamani. There is a little report coming out that uh, Thiago won't be travelling with Liverpool, so there's, there's varying reports coming out. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. Um, yeah, I know. You, like He's literally he's literally your long-lost lover, and he just needs to get on the pitch, Jamie. Score oh, I, prediction. Think, I, think there's, I think there's a bit of mind games going on there. Yeah, I might think be. I think yeah. he travels. Might be. Kevin Sullivan has a 3-1 win. Tacky and Salah with two. There's loads going in. Megan McCallion, 3-1. Salah, Oxen. Um, Minamino um, and 6-2 to Liverpool says Kieran Thorn. nice one um, we'll all take that Stephen O'Connor has 3-1 Manny, Bobby and Hendo Jamie prediction scorers please 3-0 uh, to the Reds uh, I think Salah will get 2 um, and Ox will get 1 um, and fingers crossed just to, to make my Christmas Thiago manages to, to travel with the squad and even if I just get to watch him ping some balls in the uh, in the warm-up that'll do for me because you know me lads I think he's going to be an absolute game changer for this Liverpool team 
Okay. Stephen Mack has totally uh, gone and shaft Newcastle. Four goals to one. Um, so Stephen Mack has predicted a Liverpool win. Um, I know loads of Newcastle. Yeah, and in the meantime, loads in the chat saying Klopp said he's not. So you know, what do you know? Well, you know. Okay, Barry Devon. He says Klopp already said um, no about Thiago oh, being involved. Oh, uh, Michael Ramsey's back. Michael Ramsey's back. But he's back. Um, this that guy is mad about dropping Firmino. LFC problem is the engine room, not the front three, because they are not really centre back. So no Jones. LFC wins. Um, so he's just not a fan of uh, Curtis Jones. Um, Michael, it's it's FM sex is misses. That's that's yeah. the only explanation. Yeah, Michael, come on now, Michael. Um, let leave, it go. Leave let it, it go. Leave it out. Uh, 3-0 Bobby Hattrick because I need it in my FPL. Uh, says Tom Boland. I could do it. Actually, you know what? I don't want Mane dropped. I, need, I haven't capped him. Um, I, I better change. I hope he scores five. Uh, do you know what's going on with this fucking FPL, right? First of all, genuinely, I do forget every week. I'm losing interest because I just do lose interest interesting this stuff it's not it's not if it was every day i had to do something with it i'd be great at it because i do loads of stuff every day the same stuff social media and stuff like that but it's like every week having to remember and stuff like that i'm brutal listeners and viewers this is lies because i always remind him there's constant reminders in the whatsapp i know there's can't no there's constant i still miss it i still miss it as well mate but you know what it is chris do you know what it is chris if i get into it if you said to me gav listen every day you need to um pick two players every day for for your Premier League team and do it for two a day for five days, I would be fine. But when you're telling me, ah, oh, listen, the, the deadline's this time at this this day, and it just doesn't work for me, Grizz. I, I just I don't know what it is, but I I keep going. I'm mid table, just twelve in it. I'm thinking about sixth. I'm doing very well, and of course, Grizz just I think you've me, lost just fit- I think I think you've yeah, lost, I have lost I have lost since interest I, a bit. Since I've risen up the table. When I was at the bottom... No one's beating so Andy Young. Andy, Andy Young is using algorithms. I don't care anyone says, right? He's using cheat codes via a Sega Mega Drive uh, joypad. I don't care anyone says, because there's definitely something he's doing, and I will figure it out. Um, Notions is absolutely out, absolutely flying with Man's it. Mine's got um, that bad. That's Virgil van Dijk still in my team. <laughs> <laughs> Olivier says, Gav, there's FPN notification. Stop it. I'm not turning another notification on my phone. Genuine. I've I've two Twitter accounts on my phone, a Facebook account, an Instagram account. Trust me, you don't want to turn it. There's just smoke will come out of the phone if I turn on another notification. Kieran Thorne says, Olivia Jura out with Contra in the summer. Hope Klopp and Edwards are on the phone tapping him up. Interesting. Um, we love him as a player. Massively yeah. underrated. Might discuss that on Tuesday. Um, my prediction uh, for one the Reds. Um, Grizz will be delighted <laughs> with that. Um, as I always... Well, whenever, 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 whenever I say... Whenever I say four one the Reds, he goes, haven't seen one of them. But look, it will happen. Um but four one the Reds, I think um I think Fabinho gets one. Ooh. I think I think Gina Wijnaldum gets one. Against his old club. You're yeah, absolutely I, in dream mode now. You I might as well think, play Panic League. I, I think Firmino gets one. And I think Mane gets one off the bench. Right, there you go. Go and stick none of your money on that. Because um, <laughs> I'm awful at it. So uh, that's the way it is. Lads, quickly before we go, the COVID stuff has kicked off. You know, City Cup and play. Everything aren't happy. They didn't get all the information. There's rumours going around that there could be a two-week break after the next round of games in the Premier League. Jamie, for you, does a two-week break, could you see it be going beyond two weeks? What were you sitting on this? Because I... Still think it's on the clubs to make sure their players are okay and they should be. And anything that happens where there's multiples, you need to start asking clubs questions. 
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. I, I think you will see a circuit break uh, of, of some description. Um, uh, look, the numbers aren't looking good. Um, and with all the, the protocols that have got in place and all the safety measures, the, the numbers seem to be on the rise. Um, and, and look, I, I was saying it yesterday in our WhatsApp group, and I would say this with Liverpool sat top of the league, there's serious questions about the integrity of the competition at the moment because, t- you know, teams aren't able to, to, to well, the, as you, as the, we were told originally, you know, if you if you can cobble together a side, you got to play. Now all of a sudden that's changed. Um, you know, we w- lots of teams have missed key players at various stages of the season, which bring you know it. I just think we're getting to a very difficult situation now, where the city game being cancelled has opened the can of worms. Um, and I think it's going to lead us down a dodgy path. I think you would be safer to just cut, uh, cut the season for a couple of weeks to, to hopefully try and stem the flow, um, and and then try and get back to some t- type of normality. Um, it just seems I think it was the Fulham game um, was another one. There was obviously loads of issues, lots of positive tests. I just think with everything at the moment, just take a, a slight break um, and and take stock at where we're at and and, and go again. Mm. I'm, I, I think a break is very possible. I think uh, it, two weeks is probably doable, but you have to remember from early February, European football comes back in and that's an issue. The FA Cup is upon us next week, so that puts more pressure on. So if you're starting to move FA Cups around and if it goes beyond two, three weeks and you're starting to go, well, their players can't play in the European football because we're, we're, we've put a stop to the Premier League because there will be an argument to, like, if you're stopping them playing in this country, why are you letting them travel sort of thing? I think it's hard to do. I I think I agree with you. I think there might be a case of, listen, let's go a protocol, but I think it'll only happen if, if the actual UK go into, like, an absolute blanket level four, I think you can go to in the UK, is level five in Ireland. But unless you go to a level four blanket two, three weeks and go, listen, Everything fucking stops. We need to get a hold on this. It's not going to null and void. You know, people are saying, where's them null and void wankers from, from last, from, from March and April and May and whatever. And listen, it was never going to be null and void. You're not going to null and void this league. It's too much money involved. And I, I told you this, you know, six, seven months ago. There's too much money involved to null and void this league. But if you're getting clubs that are showing multiple positive um, tests, then you need to start worrying because not only are they multiple positives at Man City, you then have to go back and look at who they played. Is there anything happening there? You know, there's talks now of other clubs reporting multiple. I was worried our game might not go ahead, Gav, because that's yeah. who City played last. Yeah, it's the no- that- it right. It's a knock-on effect. Then. Yeah, it's a knock-on effect because listen, if if two teams get it, you start you have to start looking at four, six, possibly eight teams. And the reason I say that is because the games are so fucking close together. You know, you could have a fella that tests positive. And he, he could be, he could be six days, you know, between tests and go, he's positive now. But in the last six days, he's played two games of Premier League football. And then they've gone and played two teams as well. So you're looking at six, eight teams then when it all comes down to it. But the only thing I will say is that the way man, the way the Man City one just came out and was postponed and everything's response to that made me a little bit weary of what's going on here because well, my understanding. Even- 
Well, my understanding is that if you have 14 players, you play. You know, 14 players. And look, they have all the money in the world. They can get tests done and get results back in hours. No problem to them. So I can't understand how that was postponed, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but they're saying that the bubble that they're in was compromised. They don't know how far it's gone. But it's very simple. You know, you test them the day before and you get the results more or less immediately and then you know. I think there's something going on. So I'm, I, look, it could be conspiracy theory. I'm spending too much time at Carl Torley. But it's 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 one of those where I, I do get, ah, that's not right. And the everything kind of compounded because everything kind of going, yeah, health and safety and all, but we need to full disclosure of what's going on here. Everything should have been given full disclosure and had no need to make a statement. Grizz, are we getting a well, two-week no, break? No. Not only Everton, sorry, I'm just going to add to that point that you made. Not only Everton, our, our very good mate, David Moyes, um, the one who's in the chat, um, you know, in our, in our regular chat. So David Moyes, the West Ham manager, has come out and said um, he doesn't understand what happened with the City scenario because even according to him, and he's a Premier League manager who's been given the rules and regulations and all the all the the possible outcomes. And he said, as far as we were told, as long as you've got exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. uh, 14 squad members, you will have to play. Yeah. Um, he doesn't understand what's happened there. So, you know, suddenly he's our best mate, isn't he, David Moyes? We, yeah, but we're, because, because, there. because the thing is, I would think that the protocol for Premier League clubs will be, listen, if you're playing three games a week, we need to test you two days before that game and then straight after and then, you know, straight before the next game. We need to keep so many tests between games to make sure that we're not risking you going onto a pitch and we miss a test day and all hell breaks loose. That's what me, my understanding. So if you're playing Saturday, Saturday, they should be testing you on Thursday and saying you're fine and then testing you the following Tuesday and saying you're fine and then Thursday and saying you're fine. But with this condensed thing, they should, they should be tested every fucking day. They have the money to test them every day and they have the ability to pay for them tests to come back within hours. Look, my daughter got tested twice for this and she had results, I think, 18 hours and probably 17 hours later. That's just a normal child in Ireland going into a test centre down the road. Premier League footballers, because of them, and clubs, because of the money they have and the, the I suppose, the, the outlets they have to go and get this done, literally could have that taken and tested and brought back to you. They could do it in an hour. There's no problem to them. If they do you know what, though, Gav? If, if you think of it from a selfish perspective, look, a two-week break wouldn't do us any harm whatsoever, to be fair, with, with the likes of, uh, you know, players to come back, get a little bit more sharpness. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be against it as such. Um, I just think there needs to be some joined-up thinking because, look, I, I think I tweeted it yesterday. Let's be honest, this season has been an absolute shit show. From start, so from, from start to finish, the way everything has been handled, from trying to cram a full season into a, uh, into a, a shorter time, time period um the international friendlies at the start of the season absolutely killing players like there's just been no joined up thinking um and if they are to try and fix this mess people have to start talking and that does not mean postponing a game with an hour to go um when the rest of the premier league were under the impression that as long as you have players that you can put on that pitch the game goes ahead so there just has to be a lot more clarity like like with var you know all the other things that we've seen this year uh, this season there's a, just a general lack of clarity and leadership mm. that, that has to change you see, I, but you see, my thing with the city, the, the city situation is that I can't understand how Man City travel to Merseyside and then decide that they have too many positives and can't play. Then players should be 
Like, like they're playing Everton on a Tuesday for argument's sake. Them, them players should be tested on a Monday. The results come back. You are absolutely fine. Now, all you people go into this bubble at the city training ground because it's the best in the world, as people will tell you, and they've all the facilities to actually stay there and house themselves there and say, listen, you are absolutely fine. You're cleared. You go into that training ground and you stay there until the, the, the coach collects you tomorrow. And we're going to bring you down and all the protocols from the Premier League are in place with regards to hotels and um, getting to the ground, the ground itself, afterwards, anything. I, the, there's no circumstance for me where a Premier League game should be called off that close. Now, if, if, if City played yesterday and tested today and they all come back and positive, you go, well, the game is off in three days time. It's absolutely off. But you shouldn't get to a couple of hours before the game and then City declare that there's an issue. I, I, I don't see how that, the how that can happen. And I don't see why it should happen. They, they have every facility available to them. We've seen that when the, when, when the project restart happened. They have every single outlet available to them. And I, City should under no circumstances turn up on Merseyside and then declare that they've a multiple in the bubble and could we can't play. The, the protocol before the 24 hours or 40 hours in advance of that game should be followed and then you're in your bubble and you fucking stay in that bubble because you're all cleared. Owen, Owen Burke makes a good point and again this kind of goes back to what I was saying about the inconsistencies. Is I think it was Tramia who were basically forced to play a game and I think they had to wheel out the dinner lady to come and play for, for them. They had to fulfil the fixture and then you have the likes, I think it was Leighton Orient's play, uh, would you to play Spurs um, in the cup, yeah, in the league cup, um, and you're going to get issues the, with the FA Cup now, aren't you? Because the lower league teams, if there is a problem and they don't have the facility as the Premier League clubs, you're going to get more of an outbreak. Yeah, and, that, and but this is the thing that is, it's opening up a can of worms now. This city thing, because I think in the late Orient instance, they had to um, forfeit the fixture, so Spurs went through. But they're now saying if this, because uh, I think City are due to play, is it United um, in the League Cup uh, in the next the yeah. next few days or in the next week or so, they may not be able to fulfil that fixture. But they're now saying, oh yeah, but you don't have to forfeit that. So it's it's one rule for one and, uh, and one rule for another. Yeah, it's because just- apparently, apparently Jamie, the rule was it was only that that rule was only up until the fourth round and I'll tell you what that is Jamie that's the football league doing exactly what the football league do because they know once to get beyond the fourth round fifth round quarter semis or whatever it might be the bigger size and involved that's where there's money and listen they have form for this because last season in the quarter final they expected Liverpool Football Club to play on if you remember on that Tuesday or Wednesday night okay and then travel to Qatar and play in a World Club Cup game the next the next day if you remember rightly. Yeah, That's yeah, the football yeah. league for you. That's the form they have. And the reason they, they put that and implemented that in there as a stipulation was because, listen, we don't want Man City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, however, Spurs, whoever it might be, turning up in a quarterfinal or a semi-final or whatever it might be of a league cup and COVID absolutely scuppers out and we have to say you're out of the competition. They don't want that. So mm. well, it, it's, there's actually an argument there to say, well, it's not really about health and safety, lads, is it? It's all about money. And that's why I go back to it never being none avoided. So, um, Mr. Aces, Liverpool's going into tier three tomorrow. No more fans. Um, there won't be any games, I think, if this continues. And I think you have to start asking questions of clubs. Um, one isn't, isn't an issue. One and then one follows on. I don't an issue, but to turn up for a game on a match day and then declare that we've had too many positives, I think is is quite simply outrageous. To be honest with you, yeah. Grizz, would you like to give us the um, the detailed rundown on how COVID works, um, what the what the implementation is with regards to tier one, two, three, or four, or would you just like us all to piss off and uh, stop this podcast? Um, yeah, the letter. I yeah, the letter. yeah. <laughs> I thought you would. 
thought you wouldn't bring us. Lads, that's been a brilliant build-up show. Um, we, we, we come on here saying, ah, we mightn't do an hour. We've done an hour and 23. I don't know why we do this. It's like when we've done the five-minute shows and they were 25 minutes long and everybody just kept calling I seriously, us I seriously was thinking 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then I going. different people than the missus and the kids, to be honest, yeah. lads. I can stay here for another hour. <laughs> but I'll tell you what it is. That chat is brilliant. And every time you think you're going to finish, someone pops something into that chat and you go, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, and yeah, you try, yeah, it is. It is genuinely. So it's all your fault. Um, people that are watching and people that are chatting, it's all your fault. But keep liking and uh, we'll see how it goes. But look, um, it's been a brilliant show. Enjoy the game um, tomorrow. Uh, Grizz and Keith are back. The Deadly Duo are back after the game tomorrow night, I think. Isn't that right, Grizz? That's correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone, did- oh, look at this. I like this one. Look at this one. Mm-hmm. There's always people that, you know, hold on. Where's it gone? Just to let people know, Gav. Um, oh, oh, big update. It has arrived today. Yes. And so, therefore, it will be getting uh, stuffed up my nostril to sort that out and clear that out. What's the plan with the shape of Grizz? What are you going to go for? Ah, well, I can't, you know, it won't be as thin as your one because, like, you know. Mine blows off in the wind, don't worry. <laughs> not everyone can be sort of, you know, pristine like you, but it's going to be more, you know, it's going to it's going to be cleaned up nicely. Okay. Um, yeah. I we're not doing I'll a live video on that. I'll, I'll try to get that done before next Tuesday. <laughs> we're not doing a live video on that. I can tell you that for nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just YouTube suicide. Um, but we are Keith and Grizz will be on after the game tomorrow around ten fifteen. I think you have to give Grizz a few minutes after the game for the heart rate to drop and it's different bits. So it'll be about quarter past ten tomorrow night, I think. And it's the two of them. They're going to have you know, a yeah. match reaction to Newcastle versus Liverpool. But the thing, the, the thing they both told me was, listen. When you're promoting this tomorrow, you need to tell people to get into that chat at 10.15. You need to get them, yeah. get all their opinions in because they're going to walk off the chat in a heavy, heavy way tomorrow. Yeah, it's, going Grizz, to be very, yeah it's going to be very based on what, what the chat says and what, what topics they want to talk about, essentially around the game, but then obviously, as we do, sort of other issues as well, other, other points and other talking points, sorry, I should say. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's a good mix because Grizz is just trigger happy when he wants to just start hitting comments up on the screen and Keith completely forgets. So if you have a good mix where someone completely forgets someone's trigger happy, you'll get a nice medium and it'll work quite well. Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, enjoy the game tomorrow. Loads of people in that chat um, um, telling me you're making great points tonight. But most of all, they're telling you that Liverpool will win. And I know that makes you very, very, very happy. <laughs> It does indeed. Uh, Grizz, thanks a million for joining us. Enjoy the show tomorrow night. And as I said, people, don't forget to join Grizz and Key tomorrow. Good luck, Grizz. No. Yeah, man. Should be fine. I'm off to Good watch stuff. the Cobra Kai, lads. I've got deep, knee deep into that at the moment. Know, Cobra big, Kai? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big karate kid fan. I'm an 80s child. So oh, has, it, has, any, has anyone ever watched um, Shit's Creek? Oh, uh, no. What's I that? Think I have. It's like a comedy on, I think it's on Netflix. I was playing golf with a fella today and he said, I'll oh, watch that. It's good. It's funny. Um, I think I have. Go on. What's it about? It's about a family that lose all their money, but the only thing they have left is a small town they bought when they were rich and they have to move to it. That's the premise. And then it's no. all a bit of a laugh after that. But, um, no, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. Anybody that hasn't seen that, um, uh, A. Loringer says, oh my God, it's, it's hilarious. Please tell me that shit's great because I'm really looking for, I'm really <laughs> looking for something just 
to watch for the sake of watching. You know, we just sit there in a kind of daze and watch it and laugh. Um, so yeah, let me just let me hope let me hope that he's talking about Shit's Creek there. Shawnee recommended a film called Whiplash the other night, which I did watch and it was excellent, by the way. So if you need any um, TV or movie stuff, let us know. We'll actually throw them on. Uh, Red Steve says, "Wax on, wax off." No, I use Manscape. Uh, Manscape, uh-huh, nicely done. Yeah, and A. Lawrence just <laughs> that was says, a "Yeah, good reference there, Gav." Yeah, exactly, on, wax off. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is Shit's Creek. I'm going to go and have a look at that now. I'm going to have a look and check it out. But no, seriously, that's it. We're out of here now in 27 minutes. We are so fucking taking the piss at this stage. That has been the build-up show from the LFC Day Trippers. We are back tomorrow. What day is tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, I think we're off towards the Friday, Saturday. We're back for the Fat Pack 4 on Sunday. Nice one. Over now. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sports Social Podcast Network.